welcome back to another edition of Talking Troy. After a brief hiatus, we are back, and folks, do we have some college basketball to talk about? But before we get into that, I'm Nathan Ackerman, an associate managing editor with an emphasis on sports here at the Daily Trojan, and I'm joined by some new, fresh faces on the show, or fresh, vo- fresh voices for you listeners. They need no introduction, but I'm going to have them introduce themselves anyway. Fellas? Uh, how's it going, everyone? Uh, my name's Sean Frahadian. I'm one of the sports editors for the Daily Trojan for the spring 2020 semester. Uh, really looking forward to talking all things USC sports here on Talking Troy. Uh, a little bit about me, from originally from New York. I'm a freshman. Big New York sports fan, so you know I'm always disappointed, but at the same time, it means I'm really loyal. Um, but hopefully we can make ourselves feel better with some UC, USC basketball talk today. So I'll hand it over to Stuart. Hello, I'm Stuart Carson. I'm also one of the, uh, the sports editors here along with Sean. And uh, all I do is talk Troy. So uh, I got nothing else to say. Let's let's just talk some Troy. <laughs> all right, wonderful. Well, let's <laughs> let's dive right into it. USC is back into the thick of the March Madness conversation after two, and I mean two huge wins against Arizona and Arizona State. After a brief midseason slump, the Trojans reeled off two wins to bring them to the doorstep. Still on the outside looking in, but on the doorstep of a first-round buy in the Pac-12 tournament. You know, we can figure out all that situation, you know, in good detail pretty easily, and we'll do that in a second. But first, the Trojans are also on the bubble of getting into March Madness and I'll start with either of you. You guys can fight over the mic, but I'm curious where you two think the Trojans stand right now as far as the NCAA tournament prospects look. In terms of NCAA, I think uh, it might be a little too early to tell, but you know, if, if we're going to say that the season ended um, today, uh, I would probably give them like a number nine seed. The, the only thing that USC really needs to hope for is that they don't have to play in a playoff in a play-in game as a as a potential 12 seed. Um, you know, that would mean they'd have to face a five seed. Um, that team can be Auburn or uh, or maybe West Virginia, um, and those those teams are probably really really competitive. Um, so you know, as long as the Trojans kind of stay out of that extra mess, uh, I think um, they'll they'll be okay. So we're gonna have to see how the wins pile up against UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think about a week ago, I felt pretty pretty sad about um, the the Trojans NCAA prospects. I I threw away all my USC contraband and um, I cried. Uh, I think it was Wednesday night. <laughs> but um, now I feel comfy. I sleep well at night because it looks like I, we're fine. I think we're very fine actually. Um, out of ninety six bracket matrix projection simulations we make the tournament 94 out of 96 times i am no math major but it sounds like we'll be fine um a bunch of espn cbs sports analysts have us projecting as like a 10 seed 11 seed doesn't look like we're a we're a playing team and doesn't really look like we're at a huge risk of missing out on the tournament. Yeah, so um, for reference, actually, uh, Joe Lenardi, ESPN's bracketologist, uh, for a number of years now, uh, his latest bracket came out um, yesterday. Uh, he currently has USC as an 11 seed uh, in St. Louis playing against Ohio State in the first round. Um, so, 
you know, not too bad. USC has seen better positions uh, in bracket bracketology um, kind of predictions so far this year. Uh, again, I think it's all going to have to depend on not only if they win against UCLA and you know how like how far they make in the Pac-12 tournament, but also you know in terms of the quality of their play and how they play. Is it going to be Big O kind of carrying that team all the way? Is Daniel Tomey going to be clutch when we need him to be? Is Jonah Matthews going to show up when we need him to be? Is Nick Rakosovic going to continue his inconsistencies? There's a lot of questions you know that still need to be said. I think uh, for USC, but um, like Stewart said, yeah, it's probably um, going to be really likely that they make the tournament though. Um, I'm just curious, where were you, Nathan? I think Friday, could be wrong. I think Friday we played Arizona. Where were you on the Trojans tournament hopes before that game and how does that compare to where you are now? Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to step back and take a look at the whole season pretty much because, you know, the the thing about this season is it seems like, you know, we the Trojans started off super hot. They were winning pretty much every game. They were toward the top of the Pac-12 standings. And then they got cold, right? And it seemed like every game they played, they were saying, okay, USC wins. They or if, if they win this game, they're in, right? And then they would lose. And then they would say it next game. They would lose. They would say it next game, and they lose. Then they said it against Arizona. They won. They said it against Arizona State again. I mean, some people you know, were saying that if they won that game, one of, one of the last two games, then they were pretty much in, and they won, of course. So obviously, I'm feeling much better now about that. I think it's still kind of concerning that they have no, you know, really impressive road wins. They don't have many road wins, and the ones that they do have are pretty impressive, and they have some really bad losses on the road, like Utah. But, you know, I think I've been... I, I, w- I would agree with you guys. I'm feeling pretty confident. I don't know if I'm 94 out of 96% confident, whatever that means. I'm not a math guy either, journalism. But, you know, I think I'm also fairly confident that they're going to get in the in the uh, uh, March Madness. I think, you know, a, a lot of people have said if they win one more game, they're in. I'm a little more skeptical because, you know, if they beat UCLA at home, which is, yeah, it's a nice win, but it's at home, and then they go out in the Pac-12 tournament, maybe they don't get a bye and they lose to a team like Oregon State or Washington, I mean, that's a that's a really bad look. And I think, you know, not only does that show that they, you know, or not only do they obviously have a really bad loss on their schedule, but they also show that they can't win when it matters most. And I think, you know, the last couple of seasons, that's kind of been one of the one of the accusations against this team is that they can't win when it really matters. And a first round exit to a, a bad team in the Pac-12 tournament would just be a really bad look for USC. I think if they beat UCLA, I think they got to win one game in the Pac-12 tournament, whether they get the bye or not. If they lose, they might need to win one or two. But, I mean, that's doable also. They could play Oregon State, Washington, Utah, Washington State, any any one of those teams, and they should be favored. Um, I mean, then they get to the second round, and they'll probably play a better team like Arizona State or Colorado. I don't know. I think if they lose the UCLA game, they might have to take one of those unless, you know, some crazy stuff happens at the top of the Pac-12. Let's say, let's say that... USC doesn't handle business against UCLA. What what would make you say that um, they would have a shot of you know kind of like gaining momentum within the Pac-12 tournament and kind of using that you know for their advantage in March Madness? Yeah, I mean the thing about the Pac-12 tournament is that every team at the top 
is a team that USC can beat. They beat UCLA at Poly Pavilion a couple weeks ago. I know a lot of a lot's changed since then. They lost to Oregon in double overtime on the road they, in a game that they should have won and then coughed the ball up, you know, several times late. They beat Arizona State. They competed with Colorado on the road. They beat Stanford, Arizona. So, I mean, if they lose to UCLA and they don't get a bye, it's cert- there's it's certainly not doomsday for the Trojans. I mean, they'll play, you know, again, they'll play probably Oregon State or Washington first round. They should roll through that unless something unforeseen happens. And then they'll play a team that they've probably already beaten. And if they can rise to if they can rise to the occasion and take care of business, then, you know, I think they're, they're, they're looking pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the reason why I ask is because like teams like, like Washington, for example, gave USC a beating at the beginning of this season. And yeah, it was that, ugly. That was yeah. the worst game I've seen with the Trojan this, this yeah. year. But that was before they lost quad a green for the season. And since then they've been, I mean, terrible. no, well, well, at the same time, I was also at the game at Galen Center when they played Washington, and I saw them almost lose that game as well. You know, that was a close game. You know, USC success overall in the Pac-12 tournament and in March Madness is going to be dependent on Big O and if also the players around him and how they're going to be able to create shots for him. You know, Nick Rakosevich has to step up. Nick Rakosevich has to rebound the ball more. He has to score when he needs to. He has to get to the line. He has to make his free throws. Every time I watch him, I feel like there's a lot of inconsistencies. Um, so it's it's really going to be up to like a lot of big key USC players that we haven't seen shown up in times, but they're going to have to show up for the Pac-12 tournament. I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on uh, Big O, and I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jonah Matthews and Nick Rakosevich. But I also think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Andy Enfield. Mm. Coach Enfield oh, yeah. has not brought his like Florida Gulf Coast, like dunk you, dunk city, dunk city whatever magic to uh, to USC. And fans have been frustrated throughout his. I think it's been two or three year tenure. Every February. Every February. Every February. Um, so I'm just wondering. What do you guys think is the threshold for uh, what does Enfield have to do to stay off the hot, the, uh, the hot seat or just stay at USC uh, this postseason? Well, let me, let me start answering this question with um, assuming that athletic director Nathan Ackerman is making the calls because I think if they miss March Madness this year, you have to consider making a change. I mean, they've had some of the most talented teams in the country the last few years. Okay, not in the country, but they've had some teams that should be able to compete for these top spots in the Pac-12 and easily make the tournament. They've been really talented. They brought in a you know one of the top uh, classes this year, and they just if they if they can't get it done with that talent, yes, I know that the team's young, but it has to be somewhat of an indictment on the coaching staff. However, what I think will happen, knowing that Mike Bone is in office and he we've clearly seen his reluctance to make head coaching changes um (coughs) for for usc's major sports teams when it seems obvious that it should happen you know i think as long as he's bringing in talent which he's been doing and he's doing next year with uh evan mobley coming in although let's be honest andy enfield didn't land evan 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 mobley at all but you know i think as long as he's bring in recruits as long as they're respectable and as long as he's saying the right things and being a nice guy he's probably going to keep his job i just think there needs to be a longer consideration and a, a you know it's kind of a tougher look if you know they can't deliver and make march madness again i, I may have missed uh something when uh sean coughed and said clay helton so <laughs> in, in case I didn't say clay helton. in case no no one no one heard that one but um so, did, 
like uh, how far does he have to make it in the tournament? Obviously, if we miss it, then get him out of here, get our torches and chase him out of town. But if he makes the tournament, how far uh, do you think he has to go to, to stay safe? Andy Enfield has to make the Sweet 16 this year. If we're going to go by, like, you know, like, do or, do or die this, this year, right? However, I think the fact that USC performs exceptionally well throughout a majority of the regular season up until February, and even this February, it's kind of been, like, not good, not terribly. Um, so I think that's, like, a little iffy this year. I mean, considering the fact that, like, he... So, again, considering the fact that he takes USC far during the regular season, he's able to put them in a winning position in a conference that's actually really competitive than more people realize. And also... You know, having them actually make the tournament this year. I think, you know, last year his, you know, the conversation for his job might have been, you know, kind of like up for discussion a little bit more, especially because, you know, USC hadn't been making the tournament for two years in a row up until the end of last season. Um, but this year it looks different and USC looks better. I don't know if I can attribute that to Andy Enfield or to Big O. Um but but I think you know the fact that he's able to rebound with that has been impressive. In addition to the fact that USC has done such a great job with recruiting, you know you can say if if you Andy Enfield recruited Evan Mobley or not. At the end of the day, Evan Mobley could have gone wherever he wanted to go, right? And so he must have had met Andy Enfield, and he must have made that decision beyond the beyond the fact that his father is an assistant coach and said, okay, yeah, like I'm in it. I'm gonna my brother's here. I'm gonna you know do it, and I'm really in it for Andy Enfield. And the players seem to be in it too. So I, I don't think that it's um, really fair to kind of uh, delegitimize Andy Enfield's job as of now. We can see how he does against UCLA in the tournament and in March Madness, um, the Pac-12 tournament in March Madness. Uh, but, you know, there's got to there, – I don't think that is – you know, he's in the hot seat just yet. Yeah, just, just to add a quick point, I'd say a lot of USC fans, aside from us because we are objective journalists, I almost mm-hmm, forgot. Yes. Um, Really want to see Sweet 16. That'd be really, really nice uh, way to go out. Or, you know, if, if they get past that, that'd, that'd be great. I also think, though, if there's any year to make the Sweet 16 for USC, it's, it's this, this year. year. I don't know if any of you have heard this, but you probably haven't because no one's talking about college basketball this year because there is no household name this year. There is no clear favorite. And it's you don't have a Zion. You don't have some monolithic powerhouse team just destroying, yakking on everyone. It is fair. It is open season. Appears like fair game, and I I feel like if USC is going to make the Sweet Sixteen, it's got to be the season. I want to shift gears. Say what you will. Say what you will about Enfield. One coach whose job I know is safe is Mark Truck because USC, the women's basketball team, started off the season 0-5, and, and, you know, it, it appeared to be doomsday. It all appeared to be over. Then, boom, the double overtime win against, I think they were number UCLA. 10, UCLA, who was un, undefeated since since the start of uh, that of that game. The Trojans are 8-5. and five. They're now the number 7 seed in the Pac-12 tournament. They play Colorado, whom they just beat, and if they win that game, they play, guess who? UCLA. And if Alyssa Peely has anything to say about it, the Trojans are not going to see a first round exit because she is a monster Pac-12 freshman of the year just named today. She's insane. The Trojans are deep too. Kayla Overbeck's been been playing well. Uh, You know, Aaliyah June's been playing really well. They have a lot of really talented players. And I think, you know, 
we would we would be doing a disservice if we didn't acknowledge the fact that the women's team has turned things around. Um, you know, arguably even Absolutely. more than the men's team had after their midseason slump. Absolutely. And you know, I think if there's a team, I don't know if they're gonna make March Madness. They don't have a they don't have a really impressive record. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the you know Trojans' odds in the Pac-12 tournament? I think. You know, I I think they're gonna handle Colorado at least to start. Obviously, you know it's a ten seven matchup. USC's number seven, Colorado's ten, and those are always you know up in the air. But you know whatever you guys, I want to I want to I want to hear you guys' thoughts because this is arguably the most intriguing matchup of the you know USC basketball teams this week. Yeah, well, I mean, if he, you know you're in the same conference as Sabrina Ionescu I think you're gonna in, in Oregon I think you're gonna have a pretty tough time um you know competing for a Pac-12 tournament championship uh, that being said I I also agree that I don't really think they're gonna make March Madness um but I think yeah I think we can absolutely handle Colorado uh we've seen them handle Colorado uh, this past Sunday they played really well in that game in senior night um and you know then next up they got UCLA and we've seen how they played against them um, and you know, then maybe they're probably gonna. I would say maybe see Stanford, uh, and if they can handle UCLA, maybe they can handle Stanford. Um, and so I think the ceiling for this team in terms of the Pac-12 tournament is a championship appearance. But I wouldn't necessarily, and I think that's a ceiling, like the absolute ceiling. Um, but I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be able to compete against um, Sabrina Ionescu and and the Oregon Ducks. Um, however, that being said, though, I think it's really good that you know this team is um, so young. Like Alyssa Peely has been an absolute beast this year, uh, along with Andia Rogers. Uh, and you know you, you just have a lot of young talent. Um, Desiree, Desiree Caldwell as well. You just have uh, uh, Alice Mura. You have a really like, strong young core. You know and and you, uh, graduates like um, your senior Kayla Overbeck and uh, graduate Leah June. Uh, you ha- you have a lot of uh, you know veteran experience and veteran talent that's able to kind of like shape and um, mold this young core moving forward uh, in their bas- in their young careers. Um, and so I think that you know we we we're saying today that you know USC women's basketball probably won't make you know March Madness or they're probably not going to make the Pac-12 tournament. Um, but like. That's fine, because like I'm, I'm ready for you know next year's hopes, because I think next year's going to be even better. Um, I was really, you know, it's, it's been really disappointing to kind of, um, it was really disappointing to see them lose so often, but it's been so exciting to see them improve. Um, so I think, you know, that being said, like I think, um, no, all hope is lost at all for uh, USC women's basketball. Yeah, um, I think Sean kind of just just covered all there. I think uh, a lot of. Fans are disappointed when the season uh, started and maybe even around the midpoint too, but I think based off what they've done uh, over the past couple of weeks and the latter half of the season kind of proves like, uh, you know, tracks, coach track has got the, um, like it's his team. He's got the backing of his team um, and you got a pair of really, really talented freshmen in uh, Peely and uh, Rodgers. And I think um, there is a really exceptional strong uh, foundation for uh, USC women's basketball to build on uh, for next season and for many seasons to come. 
Well, if you guys are looking for some awesome USC women's basketball coverage, we have a feature on Kayla Overbeck running in the Daily Trojan, as will story about Peely and Overbeck in their Pac-12 honor roll, you know, awards, mentions, all that. Make sure to check out our Sports Extra edition of the Daily Trojan. Um, I'm writing a feature about Big O. We've got some awesome bracketology. I'll have a bracketology article in there. Um, we'll have a bracketology article in there. We'll have some awesome coverage of the of the um, week heading up to the US. UCLA game. We'll have some awesome designs, graphics that our design team will, I'm sure, hit out of the park. And make sure to check that out. It'll be sweet. And pick up Sports Extra. And that'll do it for this edition of Talking Troy. I'm Nathan Ackerman. I was joined by my two good friends, Stuart Carson and Sean Farhadian. And we'll talk to you guys in about a week. In about a week. Thanks for listening.